Hi, and welcome to episode six of the Dinner Sisters podcast. We're two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and a recipe collector. I am always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I'm living, working, and raising a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five, which is why I go to my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes five plus, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Right. House guests. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our goal with this podcast, we want to learn to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. So here's how this works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, and other sources from the World Wide Web. We'll have all these recipes, tips, in the smorgasbord, and the shopping list on our website, which is www.dinnersisters.com. And you can also get them directly sent to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter. So if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. So this week, we talked about three recipes, our broccoli cheddar soup, a chili mac, and chicken and milk. So we cooked recipes that were twists on some comfort foods, which I thought was kind of fun, and it's still been cold and wintry around here, so it was a good week for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we did, and I think um, they were each at least a moderate success. One blew all the others out of the water. It did, but let's not spoil the surprise. What do we have first here? All right, so um, good call. All right, our first recipe is from Simply Recipes for um, a broccoli cheddar soup. And, you know, I picked this recipe. I feel like I love a broccoli cheddar soup, but I don't make it at home very often. And this particular recipe seemed to be a solid choice for a broccoli cheddar. Flavorful with the cheese, but not like a gut bomb with some of the recipes out there. I'd like to try to do it. But at the end of the day, I really can't and shouldn't eat a cup of heavy cream for dinner. It's true. And I like a soup with some vegetables because then I feel like I'm getting a little bit of health food in my dinner. And I um, like the fact that my kids, I kind of consider it their side of veg or the veg component right. for dinner. I hear you. So this recipe was a fairly typical recipe for broccoli cheddar soup. You know, the pureed broccoli and then some kind of left in bigger chunks in a creamy cheesy soup base you know at first I thought the directions were straightforward and read through it the first time and then I realized that they really do pay a lot of attention to the broccoli um in this mm-hmm. one they they have you blanch the broccoli first and then set it aside and so blanching is just when you kind of shock a vegetable in, in hot boiling water for a little bit pull it out and leave it um, sometimes you have you put it into um, ice water in this case they just have you leave it to the side um, and then you blend in that blanched broccoli into the creamy soup base and you set aside some of the the broccoli for larger bites in the soup um, so it's a little more complicated than some soup recipes where you just can like boil everything in one pot I did like the saving the bit for you know saving a little bit of the broccoli for larger chunks in your soup in the end but I still can't figure out why you ha- you blanch the veggies. Um, I don't know. Maybe I need to do some super, like, food research here. Anyway, Betsy, what did you think? I wonder, and I think you probably could use frozen broccoli here. Oh. Yeah. So I actually made this twice. The first time because we, it was on our schedule. 
And the second time, because I had an extra kind of yellowing head of broccoli in the fridge that I needed to use. Mm. And okay. I, yeah, I realized that I would have never made broccoli soup with that if we hadn't experimented with this recipe, which oh, was, nice. yeah, which was kind of nice because I, I think that kind of shows that the more recipes you cook or the more you cook out of your normal routine it just adds different cues mm-hmm. in your brain and kind of different things you might pull up so that was kind of fun so I made it twice the second time I put in two big handfuls of spinach and oh. served it as a side with cookie and Kate's oven risotto and roasted butternut squash which I'll link to in the show notes because it's a delicious oh, yeah. recipe so that made like a very full kind of vegetarian meal all together which I loved and I liked it better than the first time, which I didn't, I really had it more as the main meal just with some bread. And, uh, I didn't think that felt filling enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was odd because it made you feel really full, but also like you hadn't quite had dinner. It was, I don't know. Um, (laughs) so I did like it served as kind of a side, but it's, it's a fair amount of work. So I would give this three out of five forks in the end. Yeah, I, I'm with you on a lot of those things. I wonder if this would work if I made it with frozen broccoli and the mm-hmm. time was shorter to make it, if I would like it more, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I like your idea of adding extra veggies. I honestly think, feel like this was a good lunch soup. I mean, for yeah. me, I, I brought the extras for lunch and it was delicious. But for dinner, I was like, okay, well, hmm. But, you know, it wasn't a bad recipe, and I did appreciate that it still was lighter tasting. It wasn't like this heavy, heavy soup. And so it, it turned out really well. Um, I would make it again. I'm, I'm with you. Three out of five forks. Yeah, I thought it was a great kind of recipe to think of when you've got some broccoli you need to use up or yeah. some something like that in the fridge. So, yeah, For good. sure. Okay, All what's right. up next? Moving on. So... In all of the food kind of home cooking Facebook groups that I'm now a part of since we're doing this podcast and I like to do a little Mm -hmm. research, people generally have two questions and they are, what can I make with ground beef tonight? And Mm. what can I make with chicken tonight? Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. Fair questions. it's like the perennial question on those groups. And then like people spam you with like 75 things you could make. Right, right, right. Um... So this is one of those recipes that won't really wow people, but it works and it will feed an army. <laughs> no kidding. So I made half of this recipe because it was really easily halved. So for those of you out there that are not feeding an army, um, that's a great idea. And I was still stunned at how much chili mac I had. Um, and I actually think I warned you about it. I remember texting you and I was like, did you make the chili mac yet? Um, it makes a lot. Um, yes. And you were kind of like, mm. <laughs> I know. And so we should say that the chili mac was like a your basic like mac macaroni, elbow macaroni and mm-hmm. ground beef with some seasonings. I think I threw some cheese in there. I can't remember if that was in the recipe or mm-hmm. not. Um, because I feel like I throw cheese. If it's like if we're going down the ground beef and noodle road, there yeah. will definitely always be cheese in there. Um, 100% at my table so yes it was kind of that classic well it sounds i mean what you would envision chili mac being so mm-hmm. i so i did not 
I kind of thought, well, Kate's cooking for two people and we've got five people eating. There's no, it's kind of a, it's kind of, it would take a lot to feed our family right. and have all this extra food. But you are not kidding. This, <laughs> this, this was so much, so much. And it was funny because that night my husband had called and we had house guests that week and usually they were going out for dinner, but he had said, oh, I think we're just going to come home. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stress you right. out if there's nothing to eat, but do you have any, you know, what did you make for dinner tonight? And I was like, well, as, <laughs> you know what as I got. it happens, yeah, I made this like cafeteria style <laughs> 50 pounds of chili mac. With <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a solid six to eight servings. Yes, yes. It was. Yeah, it was. and so... They came home and they also had the chili mac and it was like another, you know, three or four adults. I mean, I think it served a solid yeah. eight adults, um, you know, six to eight adults. I guess I had three kids in there, mm-hmm. um, but it was a lot of food. So if you're feeding a crowd, this is a good. Yeah, yeah I'd, I mean, I'd that's a great. What a great lining up of the stars. You yeah, know? It was. Um, yeah. So like you were kind of talking about the recipe, this is a Rachel Ray recipe, you know, you don't know who Rachel Ray is um welcome to the United States it's currently 2018 um you know and she's known for these exactly what we're talking about solid easy relatively quick meals she like broke out on the food network scene with her 30 minute meals um and this is just it you make a basic chili recipe with a ground beef and then you stir in cooked rotini which are those you know spiral pasta shapes which you can really do macaroni yeah I did elbow noodles on this one yeah yeah. Yeah. I bought rotini because I hadn't bought it in a while. I was like, oh, it's fun. Yeah, it's kind of um, You know, I thought it was tasty in a comfort kind of food kind of way. A hundred percent put cheese on it because they suggested sliced green onions. And I was like, no, <laughs> you put cheese on this. Right. Um, and it sounded like your family liked it. So, Betsy, what did you get? What did you rate it? So I gave it a three out of five because, again, similar to the broccoli soup, everyone felt totally fine about this, but no mm-hmm. one was raving. Um, but it fed everyone. And sometimes it's just like a, how can we get food into people? Right. In a, in a relatively easy kind of inexpensive, good way, you know, and this, that does it. I'm with you. This is a three out of five solid recommendations. Um, and if you have to feed a soccer team or house guests from wherever they may be, that's over from dinner. Um, this is a good, this is a good recipe. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last recipe we have is Jamie Oliver's chicken and milk. So I love, love, love this recipe and it feels kind of opposite of the chili mac. To me, it feels like mm. kind of fancy in a comfort food way. Like you are a next level home cook, even though it's <laughs> actually really easy to put together. It just seems kind of fun and seems kind yeah. of different. And, and I also love braises because for me, the hands-off time is great. And they always are just so, it's such a delicious way to make, um, make dinner. Yeah. I'm me too. I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, one of my favorite things in the winter is to always put on a braise because mm-hmm. at like noon I can start something and by 4 PM, the house smells amazing and I haven't really done much, but watch, you know, sister wives again. It's a it's a gripping show, Betsy. I have and never watched that. I it's so it's amazing. Yeah, maybe I should. Anyway, but 
you can braise just about anything. And um, I actually, you know, I braised a whole rabbit once, which was also Jamie all over recipe. Oh, where'd you get a rabbit from? I mean, like- interestingly enough, Providence's Italian-American population still supports a butcher that will let you pick out your own live rabbit. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I not to see... Yeah, <laughs> I did not. I, I have like, not heard this story. Rabbit, please, and they're like, "Would you like to see it?" I was like, "No, what?" Wow. So they just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it and good? Then I had to wait an hour oh, wow. for them to process the rabbit. Yeah, and the whole hour I'm thinking about them processing this rabbit. Yeah, and you braised <laughs> it up. Braised it up. It was. It was good. It was good. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to repeat that in my life. I don't think. Um, well, but yeah. this recipe. Yeah. is a braise um it's a whole chicken so braising you know is just letting a piece of meat or or some vegetables even cook almost covered in a broth for a very long time at a lower heat um and so this particular braise is a whole chicken um and it's braised in milk which is delicious mm-hmm. believe it or not and some lemon and some sage um and you braise it for a while like about an hour or so and you know it just makes everything so tender and melt in your mouth um, yeah, but Betsy, you have a chicken and milk story because you've been making this for a long time, haven't you? I have been. So I, I don't know how old this recipe is, but I can definitely remember making this when Grant was young. So at least six or seven years ago and the first time I made it. And I remember distinctly, I was telling you this, the first time I made it, I had read all these great reviews about it and people saying it sounds weird, but you should try it. And it's actually really good. And so I get the whole thing together and then I'm ready to put it in the oven and I read the recipe again and think, I don't know if this should have a lid on it or not. Do I put the lid on? Do I keep the lid off? And I just want it to be really delicious, but I've got like, I mean, I would have had at least two kids under like maybe a two and a half year old and a newborn at the time or something, you oh know, like gosh. everyone was very young at that time. So I was trying to do things fast. And I just remember quick, like Googling, like, why can't I figure out if this should have a lid on or not? Because it's, <laughs> it's very, it doesn't oh, no. say in the recipe. And I just remember like going to this panic because I was like, all I want to have is this delicious chicken that everyone's talking about, but I can't tell if it should be steamed in there or if it's supposed to kind of like reduce <laughs> the, you know, right. Yeah, and then, so um, I ended up putting a lid on it, but we talked about this now because it is kind of a, yeah. there's actually articles written about this recipe and whether or not it should have a lid, so it was not just me. But now um, I do put the lid on, and then I'll take the lid off about halfway through, and that's what you were saying you also did. Yeah, I, I, I do like that method, too. I, th- I feel like it gives a good balance between, like, lovingly steaming that chicken a little bit and making it really tender, but also then mm-hmm. reducing the sauce, which I think is also kind of necessary. Yeah. Um, there's an article in The Kitchen all about this, which I think is hilarious. That These little, like, again, I think it's kind of fun. These little mysteries of recipes people just, everyone gets stuck on. It's kind of a common experience. Yes, because it's such a simple recipe, but you're like, wait, Jamie Oliver, what do I do? So, yeah. So what did you think about the taste? Yeah, totally. Oh, my gosh. So you harassed me for a really long time about this recipe before I mm-hmm. made it. I don't know why I was so stubborn about it. Probably just like, it's so good. You should make it. I was like, mm, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I finally got over myself. It's so good. Um, and for those of you who think the milk is weird, 
It's not. It's just this delicious. The milk tenderizes the chicken as it cooks and makes this delicious lemony mm-hmm. chickeny sauce. Um, you know, I typically serve this with rice. Um, you will find this to be a theme. James will eat anything over rice. Mm-hmm. He loves rice as a side, so we do that. Um, I've also done for myself, I love a thick, like, slice of toast, like, yeah, underneath it. Good. So you, like, toast it up, and then you put the chicken on top, which is also a bit of something our dad would do. Yeah. Like, he loves, you know, a little, like, bread and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you usually serve this? So I will usually make this with either a side of potatoes, or I'll pick up a loaf mm. of French bread, something like that, and then kind of throw together a quick salad so usually when i'm doing this it's like you know that big homey comfort feeling roast chicken um yeah and then yeah some kind of carby (laughs) side it's comfort food kids it's comfort food yeah Uh what do you rate it so i'm giving this a five out of five forks i mean this is like hall of fame territory for me as far as recipes go i really like it yeah, I agree 100%. This is amazing. Five forks. Do it. Make it. Have people over. Have them be so impressed with your cooking. A lot of hands-off time, but so good. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I mean, it's obvious. I had my suspicions this one would win. In terms of the winners this week, my favorite was the chicken and milk. Chicken and milk. Definite winner. Mm-hmm. Well, do any of these recipes sound good? Make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at www.dinnersisters.com. There you'll find links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we discussed, um, you know, including websites, recipes, that sort of thing, and um, as well as a link to our shopping list spreadsheet. All right, Kate. Let me have it. What's on your mind for the smorgasbord this week? Well, smorgasbord, we are actually turning the tables. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's more on what's your mind with smorgasbord. Um, Even though we're still getting hit with bad weather here and there, um, and even worse in the Midwest, I talked to mom, and she's like, they still have 10 inches of snow on the ground. Yeah, it's been really Um, rough. Ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I can't even. There's some Um, crabby people in Wisconsin. So, so crabby. But spring is around the corner. I know it will get here. And with it comes planting your garden, which always makes me think of you. Yeah. Like a mom. So have you gotten started? We have. So in Atlanta, we're kind of back and forth. It'll be 75 one day and it'll be, uh, you know, kind of overnight in the 35, 40s. I hear from a lot of people and we talk about this a lot in Atlanta. And of course, it's all regionally, you know, gardening Mm -hmm. is so regional. But people want to grow fruit trees and those can just be a little tricky because a lot of times you're dealing with whether things are pollinating or self-pollinating and waiting female trees and yeah and you have to wait years for the fruit to really for the trees to really bear fruit that can be you know if you don't have a mature tree sometimes you're waiting three to five years for it to even produce fruit like waited eight years for a fig yes i I do not have time for this yes and so (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Like, if you move into a house that has, like, a wonderfully producing fig tree, awesome. That's amazing. And you should be really happy. But if you're looking for sort of that fruit thing, I would definitely say. That kind of thing. Yeah, fun to pick. Go with berries. That's my tip for the week. Because you can put in raspberries and blackberries. And there's all sorts of thornless varieties. And they produce and they're fun to eat and fun to pick 
we just put in eight blueberry bushes actually this year. <clears throat> oh wow. In our garden. Yeah. And they're just a little bit easier. So that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I think it's the same as we talk about with our recipes. Like, put in something that you can have fun with. Yes. I mean, berries obviously take a little bit of upkeep. There's a little bit of an investment here. But let's not kill ourselves, folks. Like, unless you're super into fig trees. And if you are, God bless you. Really, maybe find something that's going to have a nice return on your investment. <laughs> yeah. Maybe trees are not where it's at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're... And if you're that kind of gardener where I, I feel like you're going to put in some like crazy fruit trees, you're kind of far down that road. So if you're, yeah, <laughs> like, and then it is if fun, this is your right? first year doing stuff, I'd say go for some like nice thornless blackberries or raspberries or right. put in, you know, something that's something that's easy and fun. And so another thing that we always grow with our kids are just the snap peas, the sugar snap peas, because they can so delicious. pick them off. It's a great thing. Yeah. And you know what? Mom has that great raspberry patch. That's a great example of, mm-hmm. you know, just easy, fun. Everyone can pick them. Oh, yeah. Such They're a delicious. fun thing. And any herbs that you like to grow that are, are easy upkeep that you can kind of harvest as the summer goes on? Yeah. My, I mean, I keep a pretty big herb garden and I always have parsley. It's funny because Atlanta is much different than Wisconsin. I feel like things bolt mm. faster here. Like the cilantro bolts super fast. And you mean it like gets like flowers on it? You can't yeah. It, anymore. Right. It won't. Um, it's just kind of done. It, flower, it flowers out and gets kind of bitter. So I will always keep parsley. I'll grow mint. And I've been growing the past couple of years lemon balm, which you can make tea from the leaves and it's like this delicious lemony tree and it like tea and it feels very fancy like you can get lemon balm anywhere at any like little garden shop and then you just kind of put the hot water and crush it up and let release the oils oh nice and it makes you feel very fancy you know that does sound very fancy man well my patio currently gets no sun so i'm pretty much at like ferns in terms of light level but someday Someday I'll have a porch or patio with a bit more sun, and then I will have all the herbs for me. Yeah. Yeah, herbs are be great. fun. Well, thanks for the smorgasbord tips. I hope that some people get the takeaway of if you want to have some fruit in your garden, think berries, kids, not fig trees, and um, snap peas, and um, lemon balm for a fun herb that might be a little out of the ordinary, but delicious mm-hmm. um, for your summer drinks. Yeah. All right, Betsy. Well, next week. So coming up, we've chosen recipes based on their name. We did. I thought I'd have a little fun with it. We don't (laughs) want to take ourselves too seriously. So we have something called a bubble up enchilada casserole and a little dish called loco moco. So that's what's for dinner. See you next time on the Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at www.dinnersisters.com for show notes, grocery lists, and other fun stuff. Got some dinner ideas? Shoot us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, as per usual, if you like what what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. That's how people get to know us. Thanks, and happy eating.